It's good to have you here and your great help. Thank you so much. God bless you. That's our drama. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned that I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. The Lord God has opened my ear and I was not rebellious, nor did I turn away. Amen. Please be seated. It was an amazing thing. Uh, I don't check much with uh, Amy, but uh, as she was uh, singing from the very first song, uh, talking about God's grace, God's grace. And my message tonight, by the grace of God, is uh, about God's grace, redeemed by grace, redeemed by grace. There's a lot of uh, word going out today about grace, message on grace. And uh, sometimes it seems, if you listen to some of these individuals, it seems like they're taking it way too far, and you're wondering what were they thinking. I remember Angela and I went with some fellow that really believed the word grace, and uh, we, I believe grace, but we sat down in the restaurant, and we were, you know, eating, and we wanted to get to know this family better. And it was just grace, grace. He talked about grace. And I was happy. There's somebody talking about grace. This is wonderful. And, but as we listened, we began to realize something is not right here. Something, we're going too far to the left here on this grace thing. And uh, we, Angela finally tried to understand, because uh, the fellow was almost like, it doesn't matter what you do. If you come into Christ, no matter what you do, even if you do something wrong, it's forgiven. And it's like, you don't have to repent anymore. It's okay. And so Angela was trying to understand, where where are we going with this? And so Angela said to the fellow, what if, uh, for example, you commit adultery? The wife was sitting by him and and, and said, what would you do then? He said, rejoice. And we went like, oh, really? (laughs) And uh, I'm sure the wife, you know, she looked (laughs) at Oh wow! This is this is incredible. I couldn't. I was speechless for once. I couldn't say much. It's like what? Rejoice? We gotta kill it, not kill it. <laughs> but that doesn't take away from the message of grace. All we need to do is understand fully the message of grace. And tonight, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that God will put, deposit something in your heart so you understand what this thing is all about, the grace of God. And I titled the message, Redeemed by Grace. Redeemed by Grace. To be redeemed means to be released, to be delivered, to be liberated, separated from. Set free. And the last word, saved from anything that is evil or deadly. From anything that is evil or deadly. Anything that causes you pain. If it has nothing to do with sin, that's what we are redeemed from. And the power behind our redemption is grace. Grace is the power behind redemption. And grace draws its power from what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary. Grace in itself has no power. 
It draws its power. Grace is very powerful. It draws its power from what Jesus did on Calvary when Jesus said, It is finished. And then Jesus rose from the grave, the empty grave. That seals it. And what that's saying, everything that Jesus has done is settled in heaven and is also settled on the earth. Grace is a power from God that's given to us. Paul said, I am what I am by the grace of God. If you see Paul, everything that Paul was in the kingdom of God, that was because of the grace of God. That's the source of power. And grace is released into your life. That's the power of God is released into your life by faith. Faith is faith in what Jesus has already done. Once you believe in what Jesus has done, and as you hear the message, the word of God, faith is released. In other words, faith itself is wrapped in the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. As you listen to the word, and the word of God, it's like this gift of faith is being unwrapped, And once that gift of faith is unwrapped, it becomes a catalyst to grace. And grace takes over and transforms your life. That's why the Bible tells us in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8 and 9, it says, For by grace you have been saved through faith. By grace, grace was the power that transformed your life and separated you. And released you, in other words, for by grace you have been redeemed. Set free from everything that is evil or deadly. That includes sickness and all of it. That includes poverty. Because it's painful. It's hard to have nothing when your children are hungry and you're looking at their face. That's not good. That's evil. That can be from God. We have to understand. It's grace from God that frees us, that releases us, that separates us, delivers us from everything that came upon mankind when Adam sinned. We are now separated so we can enjoy that abundant life that Jesus brought from heaven. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. It's faith. And then it says, and that, not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, let anyone should boast. Grace through faith. And that faith didn't come, it's not your own doing. It's a gift from God. Remember what I said, that is wrapped in the word of God. Faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. And when that gift is unwrapped, faith rises, and faith becomes a catalyst. Like I said, to to grace, and grace changes your life and beautifies your life. And so Paul talked about the grace of God a lot. I am what I am by the grace of God. Be careful, make sure you haven't fallen short of the grace of God, he says. Make sure you are still in the faith. So grace is so important uh, to the Christian faith. It's given to us. No one that has ever received grace deserved it. 
No one deserves it. There is no one good enough to deserve grace from God. It's just grace from the Lord. He's given to us. Grace is what beautifies a person's life. Grace is a gift from our God. Grace was prophesied of from of old. Let me share this scripture with you. First Peter, uh, beginning from verse 10, chapter 1, verse 10. It says, of this salvation, this salvation, which we're talking about, this redemption, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully. That's prophets of old. They searched carefully. Who prophesied of what? Of the grace that will come to us. Amen. Now please say with me. Grace, come to me. Yes. They, they prophesied. They searched diligently. They wanted to understand this thing that God was sharing, to, sharing in their heart by the Holy Spirit. And I'm going to read that. You know, it says, of the salvation, of this salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched carefully who prophesied of the grace that would come to us. They were prophesying something is going to happen to mankind on the earth. This is different. No one has ever experienced this. This is new. We don't even know what it's like. They prophesied of it. And they searched what or for what manner of time. They're trying to understand it. What manner of time? When is this going to happen? The spirit of the Christ who was in them was indicating when he testified beforehand the suffering of Christ. So we know it's going to come from what Jesus did. And the glories that will follow. So grace brings glory. That means he beautifies a person's life. Amen? Grace beautifies a person's life. So what we need is not religion. What we need is grace. More grace. In John chapter 1, beginning from verse 16, he says, "Um, We all have received, we've all received, and grace for grace. Notice where God places grace. For the law was given by Moses. The law came through Moses. But grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. You see the level of the place of grace? Grace is equal to and greater than the law. Look at it. Grace is equal to and greater than the law. There is nothing evil that can resist the power of grace. No sin can resist the power of grace. No sickness can resist the power of grace. No evil in, on this earth can resist the power of God's grace. It's impossible. So all we need is the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you read in every epistle, Paul writes, may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be to you and peace every time. And for ministers, he, he goes a little further because ministers need a little bit more. He says, grace, mercy, and peace 
be upon you. Read every time they are writing to an individual, it's a minister. They don't need just grace. They also need mercy. <laughs> and they need peace. <laughs> when I found that out, I said, wow, God, we really are in trouble. Not kidding. <laughs> we need mercy. But grace is so important. What we need is grace. Now, why am I going there? Because you are what you are by the grace of God. And secondly, I want to let you know that you can increase the level of grace in your life. You can grow in grace. So I'm not just talking about grace. I'm talking about grace and what grace can deliver to you. And that you can actually grow in grace. Because the more grace you have in your life, the more anointed you are. The more grace you have in your life, the closer you are to God. While others are perishing and having troubles, and God's destroying them, you are preserved by grace. The Bible said God destroyed the first world, but Noah found grace in the sight of God. So grace will preserve you while others are perishing. You are not more effective than the amount of grace you have in your life in the works of God. Your effectiveness in the kingdom of God, your usefulness in God's sight and the kingdom of God depends on the level of grace that you have in your life. And so we need more grace. And we're going to, as this message concludes, probably not this day, but as we conclude, we will be talking about how you can multiply grace in your life. So that you can have more peace and God working in your life. The more grace you have in your life, the greater the favor that's manifested in your life. And favor is the mother of fortune. We need more grace. Grace and the spirit of life in Christ Jesus are synonymous. They are the same. Look at what the Bible says in Romans chapter 8. Many of us know that scripture. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. There is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life has made us free from the law of sin and death. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made us free from the law of sin and death. So the law of the spirit of life, that's grace. He says, for what the law could not do it because it was weak through the flesh. God sending his own son, he destroyed sin in the flesh so that faith will be behind grace. Whereas uh, according to the law, there is the law, but the law is ineffective because of the flesh. But when Jesus came, he destroyed the power of the flesh. And now when we have grace, next to grace is faith. And faith is our victory. 
And faith is the catalyst for grace that frees us from every evil that the enemy can throw at, at us. When God wants to answer something, you have a problem, you are praying, he gives more grace. And with the grace comes the anointing. Every time. So you are able to do it. Nothing can resist the power of grace. So we need to have more grace in our lives. Romans, Romans chapter 5 verse 20 He tells us, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace abounds much more. Grace cancels the power of sin. And not just sin, anything that's evil, anything that's deadly. If you understand what Jesus has done, the main thing, let me put it this way, the first thing to do is from the Word of God, let it give you revelation, the Word of God, of what Jesus has made available to you. We're not back there yet where we talk about the, no matter how far gone you've been, no matter how terribly you've lived your life, no matter how many mistakes you have made in your life, you know, Satan will not give you room to even know that God could raise you above all of that and beautify your life. He will let you see it. But as you read the word, you will begin to understand the love of God for you. In spite of everything that's happened. In spite of all your mistakes. In spite of everything that you've done. Even when people condemn you and say you're useless, nothing can come out of this. And you're feeling so bad. But as you read the word of God, you begin to understand. And once you begin to understand, faith will begin to rise. And then, the power of grace begins to show up in your life. And people will begin to notice. <laughs> You're different. What's going on in your life? You may not even be aware that God's doing something. That's the amazing thing. You won't even know that you're changing. That you are being changed from glory to glory. Grace for grace. You're not even aware. But as you imbibe the word of God, things begin to change. And no matter what's come against your life, no matter what Satan is planted in your life, no matter what's holding you down or pressing you, when grace begins to show up, there is no resistance. They have to leave. And your life will begin to be transformed. I know if our life transformed one day, that's going to be too shocking for everybody, including yourself. <laughs> but God changes us from glory to glory as He works in our life, all by His grace. And so you know, no, you don't deserve it. You can't boast about it. All you need to do is share with people, what are you doing? I'm spending so much time in the Word of God. I mean, sometimes you can be reading and something opens up from the Word and you're, you're laughing and people say, what is he laughing at? <laughs> what is, what is funny? But God just opened your eyes. And every time God shows you, faith follows. And then grace, the power of grace is released into your life to beautify your life. No matter what. When there is evil, 
grace was able from God, as you understand, becomes greater in your life and overcomes whatever that is. That's the beauty of the grace of God. I want to share with us tonight some of the wonderful works of grace. Some of the wonderful works of grace that God given to us. How many of you know that God wants His grace to be praised? We praise God. But God wants us to understand how beautiful this thing that came to us from our God, from the heart of God is. God's grace. Ephesians chapter 1. It says the grace of God makes us acceptable. We know we are not all perfect, right? My children know me well. (laughs) There's no one that's perfect. But we are always acceptable in Him. Because we are in the Beloved. Look at what it says. To the praise and glory of what? His grace. Everything God wants the world to know. How powerful His grace is. How powerful God's kindness and grace towards every human being. That God's able to transform in his and every life. If they will only believe in what Jesus has done on the cross. There is nothing too hard for God. God doesn't. He is God. But He wants the manifestation of His grace upon humans to be seen by all. A city set on a hill cannot be hid. So His grace is full in your life and everyone can see, you know, God's done something here. Whatever it is, whatever you did to cause this to happen in your life, I want it. To the praise of the glory, notice the glory, grace has some glory, amen? (laughs) The praise of the glory of His grace. By which he has made us accepted in the beloved. There is no reason for you to feel unaccepted by God. If you know Jesus. There's no reason for that. That's why the scripture says there is therefore now. We're talking about now, right? No condemnation. If you are in Christ. If you have accepted Christ. And you have that understanding that Christ lives in you. You cannot be condemned. It's that knowledge that releases the power of God's grace to b- destroy whatever is bringing condemnation in your life. Destroy it totally where it's no longer there. They can't find it. Some fellow, his name was Michael. He was really a cruel fellow. Everybody knew he was a wicked fellow. And, uh, and uh, this guy said, ah, Mike. And they were talking. He says, well, the, the Mike you knew, he's dead. The fellow says, but you are Mike. <laughs> yes, but that Mike you're talking about, that one is dead. We don't, we don't, because I guess the guy was inviting him for, uh, to go to a bar. No, 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 no. <laughs> that Mike you knew, that he's dead. This one doesn't go to bars. <laughs> Amen. Grace of God is what makes us acceptable. Notice, no one who has grace deserves it. You don't deserve grace. 
You just say, God, I'm thankful for what you did for me. And sometimes if you really meditate on it, it will bring tears. You know what Jesus suffered. You know what Jesus suffered to to make this grace available for us. He came down from heaven for us. He makes us acceptable or accepted in the beloved. In him we have that freedom. We've been separated from everything that's deadly, everything that's evil. God separated us from all of those sins through his blood. The forgiveness of sins, according to the riches, goes back to his grace. The riches of his grace. Grace has a lot of riches. Amen? All kinds of riches. You need the riches of peace, he'll deliver You need riches of divine health, he'll deliver. Grace will deliver. Whatever you need, you need the grace for your kids to be okay. Yes, God can deliver that. If you can only believe, Jesus said all things are possible. Why? Because your faith is the catalyst that releases the grace of God to be at work in whatever you want. You know, I, I, I went through this message on, you know, ask and you shall receive. Everyone who asks receives. And I started thinking, you know, what God is giving to us. That we can ask God something and he hears us. Then as soon as you get through, you, you've asked God and things don't seem to change right before your eyes. And Satan begins to minister his word (laughs) to you. These days, I've come to realize, and I'm going to say this, by the grace of God, okay? Because some of these things that Satan will tell you, you know, you prayed for and the feeling is still there. So you say, well, I don't think I got healed. Well, the Bible says they lay hands on you, you get healed, right? Well, you stay with that. But all the symptoms are still there. (laughs) And you're wondering. Did God really heal me? And all of that. And, and, and if you think on it, and sometimes it's really oppressive, you know, I mean, you don't feel like anything is really changed. And so when I all of a sudden start thinking like nothing has changed, and then I pull myself back and I say, I wonder who is talking to me. And if you know that it's the devil talking to me, <laughs> I know the other, the converse of it is right. So God must be really working. <laughs> and I found that to be true. I found that to be true. When Satan is ministering and telling you lies, because he really cannot, he can't tell the truth. Every, he, there is no way Satan can tell the truth. If he's telling you something that looks like the truth, there is a little lie in it. And if there is a little lie in it, it's already all lies. Okay? He can't, he, he's the father of lies. But Jesus is the truth. The truth sets free. Lie will keep you in bondage. The lie that tells you you cannot be changed, that's the lie. That's coming from the devil. God said you can be changed through his grace. Satan says, no, you've been in it too long. You can't be changed. That's a lie. If you believe that lie, Satan has you. He'll have you. But if you believe God, by and by, the grace of God begins to beautify your life. It's an amazing thing. It's a miracle. It's done by God. And God alone. No one understands it. It's God that does it. The grace of God has made us accepted in His beloved. 
No matter what's going on in your life, God accepts you. No matter what you've done, God accepts you. If you don't accept yourself, that's your problem. <laughs> but God accepts you. If you come to him, he'll welcome you. You know, I, I, I recall what Jesus said. Everyone who comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. I won't tell you, go, I don't want you. No, he welcomes everyone that comes. And if your heart is sincere, then faith is deposited and you are made free. Number two, grace provides us with all of our needs. The praise of His grace. Grace will provide for us every single need that you have. It will provide for every need. Listen to this scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 8. It says, God is able. Say that with me. God is able. God is able. And God is able to make all grace abound. So all grace means there is grace for every problem on earth. Can I hear an amen? There is grace for every problem, no matter what it is. God has grace. And not only will God provide grace, He will make the grace abound. That's abundant grace in any area you are having a need. He says God is able. God's the one that makes the grace available for us and is given to us. All we have to do is receive. Is it so hard to receive? I guess it is because we can see it. To take it. But if I give you my Bible and say, hey, I bought this Bible for you. You can have it. And I'm stretching out and giving it to you. And you kneel and you are pleading with me and crying and begging. I'll look around and say, he said, is he okay? Is he in his right mind? Take the Bible. God is able to make all grace abound. Amen. All grace abound towards you. Because you are dealing with something. Why? That you always having all sufficiency. Sometimes, that's not what the scripture says. Always. When grace shows up, it's always. Always having all sufficiency. All sufficiency in every single area. God wants us to believe. You know, unless you believe it, you'll never see it. Some people want to believe when they see it. But God is saying, if you really want to see it, then believe. You believe to see it. You believe to have the feeling. Some people want to feel it before they believe. It won't work that way. We walk by faith and not by feelings. The feelings will come. But you got to believe it and act on it first, and then the feelings will follow. Because we're human, God allows us to have feelings, so eh, I feel good. But be careful about feelings, because uh, the next minute you might hear something that won't make you feel that good. But don't cancel out what God's done. That's why the Bible says we walk by faith and not by feelings. So stay with the grace of God. Know you have grace in your life. And that when the problem is really big, God is able to make that grace 
abound to give you abundant grace in that situation. To be free from it. God's able to do that. He says God and God is able to make all grace abound towards you. I like that. He's talking to me. Amen. He's talking to you, Ben. He's talking to you. God is able to do that. So that you can you will always have all sufficiency in what? All things. All things. May have abundance for every good work. Amen. And God's not just speaking to make us feel good. He's saying, This is what I want to do for you. Amen. That's why we can have confidence. This is what God wants to do for us. So God tells us, no matter what's going on, I accept you. You are part of my family. He said, God, you don't understand. I've been a real bad boy. He said, I knew that before you did everything you did. I saw everything you did, but I still accept you. And once you accept him accepting you, the transformation takes place. You may not even know you are being cleansed. But Jesus said you are clean because of the words that I've spoken to you. Others will see it even before you realize it. They can tell God's doing a work here. That happened to me. You've changed, they tell you. You're different. Amen. And secondly, God's going to provide everything for you. He's going to make His grace abound in you so that you can have everything sufficient, always sufficient in everything. And then you have enough for every good work. That's what I'm praying for. Uh, on Sundays, I'm preaching on, uh, you know, God giving us abundance. I want, by, and I'm praying that God will change the culture of our church. I really want that to happen. There are very few people that are practicing it, but I want it to be a culture in our church. I really am praying because I really believe, I can see it with my mind, the eyes of my heart, where there is so much giving among one another to help one another. And God just says, my hands are open. I will open the treasures of heaven because my people, they are willing to give. Not just to the work of God. Yes, of course, first to the work of God. But then you are looking out for your brothers and sisters, those that are having needs. And you will. I want that to happen because I've noticed. That's just me. I observe what's going on. When that's happening, that's the grace of God. That means the grace of God is being spread all over this congregation. And before you know, God's pouring on people, making them millionaires. And we got too many millionaires now. <laughs> that's what I want. I really, that's my heart's desire. I want to see God do it. Not for me, but to see the grace of God at work before my eyes. But God, like God said to me, how will they have faith if you don't preach it? So I want to preach it. It's not about becoming a millionaire. That's, that's, that's nothing. That's silly. But let me see the manifestation of the work, word of God right before my eyes. I'm satisfied. That's what I want. And God's going to do it. Can I hear an amen? God's going to do it. It may start slowly, but we will not despise the days of small beginnings. Okay? God's going to do it. Every little testimony I'm willing to take. Amen? God will do it. God will do it for the Ark Fellowship. We'll be talking about in those days when we, you know, and all of that. But he makes us acceptable in the beloved. I still got some time. So please hang on. Grace will cause you to reign in life. 
That's what the Bible tells us. So total freedom. We see what's going on in the United States. I'm very clear, I'm clear in my mind. The economy of the United States has nothing to do with what's happening in my life. I am from another kingdom. If you live in Nigeria and you are an ambassador from the United States, guess who takes care of your needs in Nigeria? They can all be in want, but the United States is supplying the needs of their ambassador. And the Bible says we are what? Ambassadors for Christ. We are not of this world. We came from above. We are born from above. Amen? So God wants us to reign. Listen to this. Romans 5 verse 17. It says, For if by one man's offense death reigned through the one. Once you're born, we all know you're going to die someday, right? We don't want it to be real early. (laughs) But we know you're going to die. If Jesus tarries, you will die. Why? Because of what Adam did. Death is still reigning. It's still reigning. The only problem with death right now, this thing of death is taken away by Jesus. Jesus has the key. But to change the order, the order of things, Jesus is going to allow death to continue until the reformation when God changes everything. But death is still reigning. But what this is is so important here. It says... In God's word here, for by the one man's offense, death reigned through the one. Much more, those who receive abundance of grace, abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness will reign in life through the one, Jesus Christ, who was obedient. Because of, because of Adam's disobedience, death has power over everyone. Everyone's going to die. We know that. If Jesus tarries, no rapture, you're going to die. But then there is the other one who obeyed, and that was the Son of God, even to, to death, till death. He reigned. I mean, he obeyed God, tempted over and over again, even with death, He obeyed all the way. And God is saying, because of what he did. Look at Adam sinned, and now we have to suffer death. What about what Jesus did? Is Adam's sin bigger than Jesus' obedience? We will consider the power that came from... We don't question that, right? The power that came from Adam's sin on the earth. We don't question that. We know that. But God wants us to know the power that comes from Jesus' obedience unto death. That's bigger than the other one. And if we fully understand the grace that comes through that, we'll live our lives differently. We'll think differently. We'll carry ourselves differently. And when we have that obedience of faith, God confirms it in our lives. You know, I'm going to end up here. But years back, and I've shared this here before, I was, as I was reading the scriptures, and I saw Paul writing and saying to the, the believers, he was in prison, saying to the believers, I'm in the streets. 
I don't know what to choose. I like to go home to be with Jesus. It's better, he said. But you guys also need me. You need me around. And he was in prison. You, I mean, there's no way of knowing what was going to happen to him tomorrow. The emperor could take his life. But Paul said, well, I made up my mind. You guys need me. I'm not going anywhere. I'll still stay with you for a while. And guess what happened? God allowed it. He was determining how long he lived on the earth. And then before he was killed, he said, I fought a good fight. I finished the race. I'm ready to be offered. I'm ready to go. And guess what? He was offered only when he wanted to. That's reigning in life. That's reigning in life. Paul was going to Jerusalem and there was all kinds of prophecies about what was going to happen to him in Jerusalem. He wasn't afraid. He said, you guys, stop breaking my heart, crying. I don't want all of that. I'm going. I feel compelled in the spirit to go and I'm going. I don't care what's going to happen. That's raining. No fear of anything. Not even death. He was not afraid of anything. He was like his master. I want to be like that. When you are not even afraid of death, that's power. You can never read. I know people say Paul had these issues with his eyes and all of that craziness that he was sick and all of that. Read the scriptures carefully. Paul was never sick. Sick preachers don't go out. They stay home and rest. They don't go out and preach. They get their assistant to do the preaching for them while they rest and drink orange juice until they get well. You tell a sick preacher to walk from one city, from Houston to Hampstead, to preach. He'll tell you, I'm sick, brother. You crazy? I am sick. I stay home and rest. And people say Paul was sick. That's silly. Uh, He wasn't. Read the scriptures carefully. He was a master. Paul could care less about a viper on his hand. He shook that thing in fire and it's like nothing happened. That's raining, amen? It's like nothing happened. And the people were saying, oh, that's the viper. He's going to swell up and die now. And they waited and waited and waited. And he wasn't showing any sign of any pain. He's a God. That's a God who's come among us. He said, no, I'm not just a man who believes in the word of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same grace that was on Paul, I mean the same righteousness that Paul had, we have. Paul's righteousness is not bigger than my righteousness. He's called the righteousness of Christ. But he operated at a different level of grace. Amen? A different level of grace. That's what we need. Next week, I'm going to talk about how we can increase the grace of God in our lives. What we can do. Now, it's really up to you to follow through and we can grow in grace. Paul said, uh, I believe it was uh, Peter, Second Peter, reach Second Peter chapter 1 to verse 1 through 3. Um, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Stand up with me tonight. I hope you got something tonight out of this. 
and give thanks to God for his grace upon your life, knowing that you are accepted by him no matter where you've been. And let the word of God that you've heard tonight wash you. I believe God's changing something in your life. You may not be aware of it, but just by the words that you're hearing today, God's spirit is actually doing something great in your life and preparing the path for your life so that that greatness that's in the covenant will be a part of your life. Amen? He's there for you. Let's lift our hands up to God tonight and thank Him. If you thank God for something that you believe He's done in your life, He's already done it. You may not see the manifestation right away, but God will provide that manifestation because He's there in our lives. Father, we want to thank You today for the grace of the living God. The grace that's teaching us that we must deny ungodliness, deny it, and live godly and righteously on this, in this present age, this present time. And grace, you are able to carry us. As you said, to, as you said through Paul, and you said to Paul, my grace is sufficient for you. Lord, we thank you because that grace is with us today and is sufficient for us to meet every need in our lives. We ask that you give us that spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that the eyes of our understanding will be enlightened so that we know and understand the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and live according to your grace in our lives. All is well. Amen. Say with me.